Hello. Hey, how you doing, Brandon? Good. How are you doing, John? Doing good. Doing good. Welcome, everyone, to the Jam Go Report podcast with John, Dave, and Brandon. Uh, our colleague Dave, Dave is not uh, going to be with us this evening, but, so it'll just be Brandon and I. And uh, it is December 5th, 2020. This podcast is being brought to you by Lifeboy. Lifeboy, the... Well, wait a minute. No. Actually, no, it isn't being brought to us uh, by Lifeboy, is it? What was I thinking? <laughs> I have no idea. Do they still make Lifeboy soap, by any way? I don't know if they do or not. Do they? I have no idea. Yeah, I've you know never even heard. Yep. You never heard of Lifeboy from a Christmas story? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Lifeboy. That's Lifeboy right. Yeah, no, That's I'm right. just kidding. <laughs> Everyone, I'm just kidding. Life boy still being made. Uh, we're being brought to you by no one. It is actually going to be commercial free. It is sponsor free, at least for right now. Uh, so my good friend, uh, my brother, Brandon and I are going to just be having a little chat. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the lockdowns due to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And just a few stats here, Brandon. So a website called worldometer.com, credible, legit, everything I know about it. According to their statistics right now, want to hear the statistics? I do. And it's important to note that World Meter is part of the World Health Organization, or they're affiliated with them. Okay. So even even better. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Because we do believe in credibility on this show. We don't just try to pull anything out of our rears. So according to Worldometer, World Health Organization, there are approximately, well, not approximately, just under 67 million people globally that are uh, have been infected with the coronavirus since it first started. Uh, there has been about 1.5 million deaths. There have been 46 million people that have recovered. 106,000 are currently in critical or serious condition. That is about 0.6%. Uh, 99.4% of cases are currently mild. Uh, in the United States, there's about 15 million people that are infected, or I'm sorry, that have been infected with the coronavirus. 208,000 uh, deaths, 8.8 million have recovered for about a 3% death rate, which has actually been dropping, Brandon. I think it was about 4% uh, earlier, and we're down to 3 So the question being, what, if any, effect do these lockdowns have well it, it actually uh, has a, a tremendous effect and we should actually go back in time a little bit uh, back to may of 2020 where the cdc warned uh, that homeless populations are more at risk because of decreased health underlying health conditions and repeated contact with the general population. So we're gonna kind of start from the ground up here. Um, the homeless population has been declared the most vulnerable and they've also been the most unnoticed because it's very difficult to keep track of the death rate and 
statistics among the whole homeless population. Um, but it is interesting because a lockdown, not only does it affect the homeless who are currently homeless, but it also creates more homelessness. Hmm. So here's an example. This is from National Public Radio, dated August 10th of 2020. It states, a homeless pandemic looms as 30 million are at risk of eviction. Hmm. Now, regardless of the federal government temporarily stopping evictions, when the restrictions on evictions end, people will more than likely be evicted right away. So they're not going to be given a chance to catch up. Unless, hmm. of course, they have all of the money that they owe immediately. But if you haven't worked for seven months you know, the probability of you having the money to pay for seven months worth of rent is pretty low. Uh, so what this means is, according to NPR, 30 million. So I'm sure that some of these people are going to have family to help them out, friends, maybe they can stay with. But a large portion of them probably aren't. So we're talking about increasing the homeless population by a number of millions nationwide. Yep. Which just, which just exposes people more to the pandemic, more cases, more deaths, especially being homeless and not having access to medical treatment and attention. Um, it's very dangerous. Now, this was, also, this was from the USA Today, dated August 28th, 2020. It says that COVID-19 takes worse toll on USA's invisible victims, referring to homeless people. Uh, it stated specifically homeless in, are in hor uh, poorer health, have higher rates of underlying health issues, and come in contact the most with the general population, which was similar to the CDC report. Now, what does that mean? Well, besides asking for money and for food, they're out there trying to survive. This is their only means of survival. So not only are they exposing themselves to this disease, but they're also exposing the general population to this disease. Hmm. And so a lockdown doesn't help because it increases the number of homeless and just makes the pandemic worse. Mm -hmm. uh, the Gar Guardian reported on November 8th, 2020, this was not in the United States, this was in the UK, Tens of thousands were made homeless. This was despite the ban on evictions because of the lockdowns. <clears throat> the LA Times, now this was back in May 14th, 2020. Mass unemployment could grow homeless population by 45%. Hmm. <clears throat> That's a very high number. According to a Reuters report, dated April 23rd, 2020, 1.8 billion people worldwide are homeless. And because of the lockdowns, many of the shelters have been shut down as well. Hmm. So we're talking about a homeless pandemic, people who are not able to fight this disease as well. Right. And are going to get, we're going to have high numbers of, illnesses because of that according to all of these statements that have been made so <clears throat> the 
this is another interesting fact. Uh, Washington Post dated May. Now, this was back in May, May 12th of 2020. 100,000 small businesses permanently were lost. And it increased the homeless population. Um, More businesses were lost than that of the Great Depression. Now, this was back in May. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're already in December now. So you know that this number has increased. Um, I don't know. This is just, this is really getting crazy. These lockdowns don't help people. You know, we're talking about rent, bans on evicting people. We already talked about that. But what about car payments? Mm. There hasn't really been a ban on car payments. Right. So if people lose their cars, especially in rural areas where they don't have a transit system, we're talking about them losing their livelihoods just because of that. Mm-hmm. And then here within the city, somebody loses their car. Well, they can take advantage of the transit system, but now they're also going to be more exposed to the general population because more people are going to be riding the buses. Right. So th- it doesn't really make sense to have a complete lockdown for this long. Uh, lockdowns are generally uh, supposed to be a short-term, like 14-day period of time, just to be able to reorganize and gather things together and come out with the health and safety rules, you know, like wearing masks and so on and so forth. But it is not meant to be a seven-month long lockdown. And I believe, didn't you say, John, that you had some uh, information on that as well? Well, I mean, initially, if you go back in April um, of 2020, you already had half of the world's population locked down, which was about 3.9 million people, billion people, 90 countries, And even at that time, the World Health Organization was really recommending, just as you said, that lockdowns would be used for reorganization and, uh, you know, that they should be short term. The idea, remember the term, flat, whatever happened to that term, flatten the curve, that seems to have just been forgotten. That was the initial idea there, is it not necessarily that uh, no one gets the virus, but the fact of uh, the idea that you didn't want to overwhelm hospitals. You didn't want to burden the healthcare system. There's been some discussion now that that's what's been going on. So clearly, though, if that is what's going on right now, yet half the world's population in April that was on lockdown. California, California locked down on March 19th. They were locked down till May 8th. So that. Right. Means- that they were locked down longer than the initial two weeks to slow the spread, right? I mean, they were initially really locked down for, uh, you know, almost almost two months, actually. Germany and Europe were in lockdown. They're now in their second lockdown. You know, the idea behind lockdowns, again, was to try to, to curb this thing. It has not curbed it. So the question is, uh, you know, why are we going to go probably through, we're going through one now, most likely we're going to go through a third one, a third lockdown. And you're right, the, its effectiveness on how it is, uh, it's impacting the poor, how it's impacting small businesses, it, it is really, really, really taking a toll. And the, so, you know, what, what do we do though, right? 
um, a lot of the confusion is coming about, you know, out of like, the going over those numbers that that I that I listed to you. Are those numbers enough data and enough proof to say that we we need to just completely lock down for the next couple of months? Right. Um, I don't know, man. This this really, really says to me that lockdowns just shouldn't be happening at all whatsoever. I mean, we're already in seven months. Another two months just makes absolutely zero sense. Well, to and, me. The, and the question, you know, what what um, do you mean when and what do we mean when we say lockdown? Because one of the things that are you really locking down a society? Part of the problem too is that I think we're classifying. We're classifying things. We're saying essential businesses, right? This is essential. This is mm-hmm. essential. this is an essential. Uh, I, you know, I just actually learned something uh, interesting this morning. Uh, one of the reasons that liquor stores have not locked down is that uh, it, 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 or you know, I'm. This is just a theory, but the fact that uh, people would be going crazy without alcohol because you got so many people that are drinking alcohol. So they didn't lock. So stores are essential for that reason to keep that addiction going. But when you're locking down, what do you mean? When, what do we mean by locking down and and essential businesses, anything that puts food on the table should be classified as, as an essential business. So I, I, you know, people that are there that have high incomes can easily work through home, work at home, work through zoom, do all that other stuff. But what about, you know, what about blue collar workers? What about other people? They, they can't do it. And then, and they're not, their jobs are not essential. I think that's a slap in their face. Well, and then and we're talking about, you know, a lot of the issues that have been taking place over the last few months with minority populations, um, such as, uh, you know, the, the movement by Black Lives Matter and so on and so forth. Uh, this really affects minority population more than anybody. Mm-hmm. When we look at, uh, here's a report from National Geographic dated July 17th, 2020. More than half of black owned businesses are projected to fail Wow! because of these lockdowns. So we're, we're really targeting minorities by doing these lockdowns. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these minorities, they come here, uh, they open businesses, they make those businesses very successful. Um, and then when they get locked down, they're not considered essential. So they lose their business. And we're looking at, you know, we're, we talked about homelessness. I mean, minorities are more susceptible to that even. Um, not just the black populations, but Latino populations. So, we're not really looking at the full picture here. We're looking at a mass of people losing their livelihoods. Yep. Uh, suicides are on the increase. Absolutely. Uh, deaths from homelessness, no, no doubt, will be on the increase. Right. Um, depression is greatly increased. And you can see this. Uh, if you go to any social media site, you can see everybody going crazy because they're being isolated and they're not allowed to be around people. And this really isn't saving lives at all. 
I think part of doing the fire too is that you do have policymakers and you have leaders. I can't speak for what's going on in the rest of the world. I can't speak for what we are dealing with here in the United States. But a lot of this is, I think, starting to boil. And the reason I think it's starting to boil is that you have the governor of California who's putting his state on a lockdown again is mm-hmm. eating in a restaurant with family members, no mask, comes out, apologizes. You have a mayor, the Denver mayor, that is basically criticizing people if they travel for Thanksgiving. Guess what? He's traveling for Thanksgiving. You have a mayor of Austin, right. Texas, who says the same thing, discourages travel, the guys hanging out in Mexico. You have a governor of Michigan right. who sits there and talks about uh, lockdowns and nobody should go anywhere. Her husband's out on his boat. You have our governor right. here in New Mexico that closes everything, yet she is uh, shopping for jewelry. She's probably going to have a position in the uh, unfortunate Biden administration. And I, I think don't forget her trip to Hawaii. Trip to recently. Hawaii. Oh, exactly. It, you, the hypocrisy is all over the place. So the people that are telling us that lockdowns are necessary, they don't even believe what they're saying, nor do they even follow their own BS. They can't even smell what they're shoveling. So I think a lot of the tension exactly. from that too, from the fact of do as we say, don't do as we do. And I'm amazed that more people are not uh, are not upset about this. It's not about being uh, supportive of President Trump. It's not about any of that stuff. The fact is, you got you have leaders that are telling you what to do and not doing the same thing. How can that not make anybody pissed off? Well, and I think this has kind of been the generalized thing for politicians for a long time. Um, they do this frequently. You know, they make laws, they write them out, and then they don't think they have to follow it. They're above the law, and they believe that, and they get away with it. So apparently they are above the law. Yep. Well, they are above the law. And then the other thing, too, is that we are, we are silencing, we are censoring medical professionals and scientists from having an alternative viewpoint. You have 6,000 scientists that have recently signed a petition calling for an end to lockdowns. They have said, these 6,000 scientists have said, there needs to be focused protection, reasonable measures that, you know, look, I'm, I'm okay with the mask. If I have to wear the mask, I'll wear the mask. If there have to, mm-hmm. if I own a restaurant, if I was a restaurant owner and it can be only open to a certain capacity, okay, at least I can be open to a, to a certain capacity. In other words, I think I heard this at the very beginning of the pandemic where, and this was a, uh, a scientist in, in Australia that said, you know, there's a lot you can do to uh, about coronavirus, but you got to realize that you can't do everything. And really, he kind of gave exactly. the analogy of, of speed limits, right? That if you really want no one to die, there's 30,000 people every year that die in car accidents. If you don't want anyone to die, then why don't you just set a national speed limit of, of 25 miles an hour? But, you know, as a society uh, to function, we have collectively agreed that that would be an extreme measure. 
So it's worth the risk, right? That's what we're really saying. He, his argument is mm-hmm. approach COVID and what we do about COVID the same way. Mask, uh, social distancing, certain restrictions, uh, and, and accept the fact that you probably are going to unfortunately have uh, casualties. But you're exactly right. The poverty right. is is the poverty rate's going to increase. It's expected to double the world's poverty rate by next year. And um, yeah, we're we're looking at a real economic crisis that that's going to unfold. So, well, if it doubles, there's already 1.8 billion people living in poverty now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that means 3.6 billion by next year. Yep because of the lockdowns right and then you you also have to look at how this affects them in other areas too you know covid is not the only disease we've got the flu we've got MRSA we've got numerous bacterial and viral infections that if you don't take care of them you will die Mm -hmm. so covid is not the only threat here especially to that many people living in poverty right Right. And this is the that hospitals typically get more crowded than usual. Usually between October, January, February, you get the flu. You've got people that are sick with strep throat. You got a number of conditions. So it's not that's right. And then surprise that you're gonna see hospitals and ICU bed. Look, the other thing with ICU beds is is that a lot of people have delayed treatment. They've delayed treatment on and you know. Uh, cancers and cardiovascular issues, diabetic issues. And so now mm-hmm. it's starting to come to the surface that these people need treatment. So yeah, we're going to be in a position where you are going to have hospitals that are probably going to get uh, a hell of a lot more uh, busy than the, you know, than, than usual. But that that's not to say that these are all COVID cases. I think that's a real misconception that, that hospitals and, and the capacity of hospitals. Yeah, like hospitals are only filling up because of COVID. You know, there's another reason why hospitals fill up, though, too. Mm-hmm. And that's because, and this happens often during uh, the flu season, too, especially the pandemic swine flu that took place in 2009. You had a lot of people that would, um, and I got the swine flu, in fact, and I was worried about it. I wanted to go to the hospital. But you know what? The hospital told me, don't come in unless it's an emergency. If you can't breathe or you have an overly high fever, don't come in. Mm. And that's what people tend to do. And especially you've got this COVID-19 coming around and everyone's panicked about it. So the instant they test positive for COVID, the first thing on their mind is to rush to the hospital to get help. And that's not something they need to do, especially with the survival rate so high. If you get COVID, stay at home, get better. Don't go in a panic to the hospital and take up space that can be used for people who are in dire straits and are in serious health uh, condition. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's... The, these are the things, you know, schools, the, the impact on, on children, their mental health, right? The, the idea that mm-hmm. somehow, uh, the, you know, he just, even now, Dr. Fauci is reversing his position somewhat 
on the fact that he believes now he believes children should be in school. When that was first mentioned early on by the uh, Secretary of Education and the President, it was heavily criticized. And now you have Fauci and you have uh, Governor Cuomo that are coming out and saying, no, we agree, you know, kids should be in school. I, I, again, I think this is just, and, and to be fair, the fact that it is a novel virus, it's something new, it's something we had to figure out. I can understand that it's going to be a process, right? Because from the very beginning, uh, the idea was uh, we, we try to put a travel ban on China. Well, that was criticized. No mask. First, they said no mask. Don't use mask, right? They were all yeah, scientists said that. Dr. Fauci said that in an interview with 60 Minutes. He did, yeah. He said no. And I get it. You're learning. You're learning about this thing. But when do you hit... <clears throat> When do you come to the realization, though, that you got to balance out being able to if, look, I always argue this, too. It's not necessarily just about because I've had people say, oh, you're just thinking about money. You're just thinking about money. No, it's not just about money. It's about commerce. It's about productivity. There's so many other elements there. It's not mm-hmm. about money. You know, I mean, could, well, you got to. Well, then you got to pay your bills. You got to figure utility bills. We're heading into winter now. The, well, and what? if you can't pay your heating, heating bill, well, what are you going to do? These are people that believe that we should just stay home and that basically government should just pay our bills. But are your bills the same as my bills? No. Are my bills the same as a family of five? No. Well, then you all... You also have to look at how the government could pay bills because the government's money all comes from people working and from taxpayers. If nobody's working, then where do the taxes come from to pay your bills? Well, let's just quote. um, Where did the money come from? Well, let's just quote Cortez, right? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You just do it. You just get it. That's her answer, right? The Green New Deal is going to be a trillion dollars. Where's the money going to come from? You just get it. So I guess we just get it. You just I guess it just appears out of nowhere. Yeah, and... Right, exactly. It really has no value, right? It's just a piece of paper. So you might as well just print it and here you go. Exactly. See, there you go. That's exactly the re- That's exactly the reason why this look, COVID should have never been a political issue. One of the things I do want to bring up, Brandon, is, and, and I get your thoughts on it real quickly here though is that if this would have happened, let's say even, uh, you know, 10 years ago, if it would have happened 20 years ago, 25 years ago, would we be going through these extreme measures? As you mentioned, the swine flu, there were 60 million people that were infected with the swine flu. And that wasn't even done for mass testing. That was just testing. Well, that now keep in mind that that was an estimate created by the CDC because the estimate the CDC claimed that eighty five percent of all those cases were considered unreportable, and so they had to come up they had to come up with a a system to calculate about how many people they think might have had it. So they calculated based on the number of hospitalizations of people who were actually recorded, they had to come up with a number based on that. And that number just turned out to be 60 million people. And that was just in the United States by itself. Yep. 
And so they, that means they also had to come up with an estimated number of deaths, right. which was between 45 and 65,000 people. Right. Well, there were no lockdowns. There were no mask orders. There was zero testing, mm -hmm. zero, except for those who were actually in the hospital. The ones that died, there was 10,000 cases that were recorded. Those people were tested. But other than that, there was no mass testing. There was no mask mandates, no school closures. And that's the funny thing about the flu is that it doesn't just attack the elderly like COVID is doing. You know, it's mostly young children yep. and the elderly. Right. So here you have all these kids. The flu season runs right through school season. The swine flu did the same thing. And they didn't do anything to take precautions for kids. Right. Nothing. Well, that was other than the wow. usual, you know, wash your hands, do this, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't have any mask mandates, no school closures, nothing. Well, out of the 288,000 deaths in the United States, you've had about 133 that have been uh, children of the age of 18. 133. Right. So clearly, and those are just the ones that are. Ordered, right. you know clearly children need to be so you know one of the things about children not being i mean teachers unions boy i, di I didn't realize how powerful teachers unions were you know that boy are they powerful yeah because they're oh really, yeah they sure are these are the ones that were really pushing for you know stay at home do zoom the los angeles teachers union was coming up with all sorts of ridiculous demands about universal basic and nothing that even had to do with education to, I mean, this is what we're, we're dealing with here, a mindset of people that it's not about COVID. There is a bigger agenda on the, the their platform of what they want to accomplish here. But, but it certainly seems that way it for sure. It definitely is. It's, it's, it's definitely to create a socialist society. That's the only way you could, that's the only reason why you would tell people that they should stay home and then just have government pay all their bills. What else could it possibly be rather than to have a right. agenda and move forward with a socialist agenda? So now Biden, if all, you know, he does, he, you know, does get into office, which, it, you know, it's looking like he probably will. His master plan is 100 days of mask wearing to tell Americans. Um, I mean, that's that's a genius plan, isn't it? Oh, yeah, especially since we've been already doing that for the last seven months. Exactly, yeah. It's a genius plan to 100 days of mask wearing. Now, what, what does that mean? You know, are you asking? Are you going to make it a law? Are you going to punish people? What are you going to do here, right? People are already getting anxious. They're already getting upset. They're already starting to fight back. And, and you know what? They're getting violent. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm not saying to get violent. I, I'm not advocating for anything. Yeah, we're not advocating for that at all. We're not saying to take up arms and, and go to war or anything like that. But this is just a natural consequence to what happens when you lock people down for so long. Absolutely. We've already seen increased uh, violence with domestic violence, murders, Albuquerque, the murder oh. rate has skyrocketed. Oh, it's skyrocketed. Yes. Since this pandemic started. Exactly. You see murders every single day on the news now, every single day here in Albuquerque. Breaking records. 
We're breaking records. Suicide. Now, to be fair, too, with yep. suicide rates, is it all, you know, the suicide rates have been going up for years in this country. And we can talk about those reasons on, definitely on another episode. So I don't want to say it's all related just to COVID-19. But there's no way oh, anybody right. can possibly say that there isn't a connection to some of the rise in suicide rates. Absolutely, there is. Isolation. Correct. Isolation is there. Health is being affected. Mental, physical, spiritual health is being affected. So uh, this is all kind of like the you know a a correlation and an eye of the storm of events that that's that's. I think these were the repercussions of what we're going to be dealing with. We will be dealing with them for a very, very, very long time. But I think this definitely deserves another episode for sure. Uh, So in in finality, I would like to say something to everyone. This disease is not, this disease is not fake. We're not saying that it is fake. You still need to take precautions Obviously, you need to obey the law, you know, wash your hands, use uh, um, social distancing, you know, social distancing, you know, all those things should be put in place. We're not disagreeing with that at all. No, so not at all. Not at please. all. I, I agree. You know, and that's the thing. You know, I, I know people that they think it's a ho- not necessarily a hoax but they think it's way over exaggerated they don't believe in the mass uh, they think we should just be fully open it, you know i i don't know if i really agree with them i will say this though brandon those people that think like that when i tell them they don't believe in the vaccine right when i talk to them about right yeah, well i don't know if i really agree with you on those things they don't flip out over it they don't get angry they don't get upset we, we still are civilized. They're still my friends. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. The other, Don't block you on Facebook. <laughs> exactly. The other side of the fence is completely different. If you try to say, well, I think this is just too much, then they say, well, you want your grandma and grandma, uh, grandma and, and grandfather to die. That's their reaction. Yeah, they accuse you of murder and everything else, right? Yeah, they're ex- even though they go and hoard, they hoard every mask in sight so that people don't have the opportunity to get them themselves. Yep. They hoard all the uh, soaps and antibiotics, you know, all the stuff that, not antibiotics, but the uh, sanitizers yep. and things like that, that people use to combat this disease. They hoard all that stuff so that people can't get it, especially the medical community. community but then blame everyone else for being murderers when they're not wearing masks in public. Absolutely. But I think you made a good point. So, we are not advocating yeah. uh, any kind of thing. We uh, of breaking the law or uh, we're definitely not advocating to get out and protest and destroy property and any of that stuff. So yeah, like, that's right. Definitely going to be another discussion. Well, thank you everybody for joining Brandon and I on the Jango Report podcast, and we will see you on the flip side.